Listen, I can't help. I can't help it that you know my OnlyFans makes millions of dollars a month. Uh, you know that's. that's just... <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello, and Danae Hughes. Hi, yes, let's do this thing. Let's do the show. Let's talk about shit. Woo! Possibly the longest intro from Danae ever. We write for CinemaSins and TVSins <laughs> and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, hey, guys. Everybody okay? Everybody doing all right? Mm-hmm. Everybody okay? Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, this uh, it's interesting. We are uh, sometimes uh, we are behind the curve, you know, like with things going on in the world, right? Because we talk on a Friday morning like uh almost a full week before it releases and so mm-hmm. there is a lot of time between now and then and i was thinking man you know we might be through the election by the time that well that's not true it'll be it'll actually be like a few this days this is our before. halloween episode the, technically that's though. what i was gonna say is this is technically our halloween episode so yeah happy I, halloween happy halloween you guys happy halloween what is your uh what is your what are your plans what are you gonna do how are you gonna celebrate all hallows ween uh, oh, not yeah. not get corona. It's good plan. I, I don't know. No, seriously. Um, our neighborhood, I think, is... I don't know. I don't know what we're doing yet. We haven't completely decided if we're going to partake. My daughter is... She doesn't really want to trick-or-treat anymore, which is fine. Uh, but we have not decided whether or not we're handing out candy. And we don't really know for sure if our neighborhood's even doing it. So... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are... That wasn't a very exciting answer. I apologize. But, we, you know, but usually we, uh, we, we hunker down and... Uh, watch a bunch of fun Halloweeny type stuff that's appropriate for children. <laughs> you said Halloweeny. Um, yep. <laughs> we're going to do the same thing we do every year, but this year we have an excuse, which is nothing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think we usually have a bowl of candy ready most Halloweens, but people don't usually mm-hmm. stop by our house. So you know, it's we don't we haven't done anything for a long time. Man, I don't know how it's going to go this year. I'm I'm interested and curious. We're in a new house, new neighborhood. My husband has been purchasing two bags of candy every week for over a month. So we have this massive cache of candy ready to go. And um, but he has been disappointed every single year for the entirety of our marriage because every neighborhood we've ever lived in has been disappointing in the like in the visitors department. And he really loves handing out candy. He loves Halloween. So Mm. if it if it's not flying, if we're not going to do it, this poor guy (laughs) every single Every single year is a disappointment, and we have so much freaking candy. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm glad, I'm glad to be reminded because I am supposed to try to create part of Iris's outfit, which means I have like a week to do that. And so that just reminded me I got to bust it. I got I to gotta do some test material and see if I can iron stuff onto her shirt properly so i got a little wow. bit of arts and crafts to it's do really, over here it's really exciting it's on a saturday this year though um it's unfortunate that it's this year that's 2020 that it's on a saturday yeah. but saturday is always a fun day because my daughter and i the stuff like we typically do leading up to it we can just kind of do it on that day like we usually watch nightmare before christmas we usually watch the halloween tree um that's which cool. is a really yeah and uh you know usually a few like different specials we'll find there's a lot of them are on youtube like the garfield halloween special has become a favorite of ours oh interesting um so we do stuff like that and um i don't know we just have it's just it's just you know it's fun i love having a 
I love having a daughter that gets into it, even though she's not a huge, like, she's not really into scary stuff, but she does, she enjoys Halloween. Maybe because she knows I do. I don't could know. Be. But <laughs> yeah, definitely could be. Well, whatever the case. It's kind of our day. Yeah. Well, whatever the case, uh, whatever your family is doing, uh, stay safe. And we hope you have a great time watching the movies you love or, or whatever. And, and have a great, uh, what, what is it? All, All Hallows Eve, technically? All Hallows Eve. Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Let's get into the show. Let's do this inside scoop. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wildest dream. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the show slash movie slash music video slash random things we talk about in general. Um, <laughs> what do you guys, let's uh, let's start with The Simpsons. It's our third Treehouse of Horror. Um, it's becoming harder and harder to remember which segment is from <laughs> which which treehouse uh, at this point. But I believe this is the one with the the candy nightmares. Is that right, or was that last week? That was last week. This is the one where they're having the Halloween party. <laughs> Forget it. Somebody else do this. I I'm done. I can't remember which this one is, is which. This is the, this is the one which actually has like a pretty bad setup where they're doing the Halloween party, oh, which yeah, isn't yeah, very yeah. interesting. But the but the segments are really good, including the uh, the zombie segment, which is one of probably the the most famous ones. It, it definitely has one of the most famous lines, which mm-hmm. we. Uh, which we gave a sent off for the uh, you shot zombie Flanders. Mm-hmm. He was a zombie. <laughs> uh, uh, this one, and actually, hey, that was in the other one where uh, the <laughs> runs in with the <laughs> to try to. Nope, nope, that's next week. Yeah, we haven't done that one yet. This is this is King Kong. <laughs> this is King Homer, the crusty doll, Oopsie. and uh, and the zombies. There you go, Jonathan. But it just got makes it. me wonder: is is that one of the recurring ones? Like. Did what? they do that in the first one and the second one where it, where there was an attempted murder that was like, but I don't remember that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Clown Without Pity, King Homer, and Dial Z for Zombies is this one. Nice. Uh, anything, what was the first wait, one called? Did I say Clown Without Party? I meant Pity. Clown Without Pity. Oh, Clown pity. Without Pity. Yeah. No, you yeah. said Pity. Yeah. Oh, okay. You may have said Party. You may have said Pity. Either way. Pity Party. Don't throw a Pity Party. Um, all right. Well, I don't know that I have much more to say about these uh, specials than I have. I do like all these segments. I think when you look at the early Treehouse of Horrors, you remember how great these, you know, these segments were. They continue to be really fun. And I was kind of disappointed the new uh, Treehouse of Horror got pushed back because I not just because we talked about it last week, like it was coming. But um, but I th- was it baseball that pushed it back? I think. Yeah, they just because the there there ended up being a game seven in the uh National League Championship yeah. Series. And so since it was a Sunday night, uh, Fox decided to actually broadcast it as well instead it, of it just being like on FS1 or whatever. I still watch The Simpsons. I've talked about that. And in general, I watch the episodes. I smile occasionally. There's still some good humor there. Uh, but the one episode I actually look forward to every year is this episode. And so... Yeah, um, and it's kind of weird when it's on like November 1st. Like, right. That's just kind of yeah. odd. Yeah. It, yeah. It's going to feel a little weird this weekend. So It's um, Halloween weekend, I guess. That's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, so anyways, I don't have much more to say about uh, these. Do you guys have anything specific about this episode you wanted to say before no, we get into the sins? No. I mean, I think this is the strongest one we of the first three. I think as far as like, you know, consistency within the segments, I think this is... This is one of the better ones it's that a good I lineup. remember. Yeah, that's for sure. It's definitely a good lineup. Uh, this was a Dicer Watkins script. Jonathan and I wrote on this one. So, Danae, why don't you uh, lead us into some sins that you uh, wanted to highlight? 
Well, my first one is uh, who wrote the paint diarrhea joke and <laughs> have you seen a doctor? <laughs> because if your diarrhea looks like that, you've got... Well, I was saying like... <laughs> I was just calling it paint diary. I was just saying, like, you know, like, we don't know what to paint, so just throw some shit up there, basically. Literally. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to make sure you're okay, you know, and and maybe if you need to go to the doctor. No, I'm good. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, I really liked the the lowercase I that vexes the, vexes so, just kind Mm -hmm. of fixating on that. Uh, It was interesting, too, because- It was the only lowercase letter. It was the only- Well, there was the exclamation point at the end, which was technically an I flipped upside down, so Uh then I was- wondering if maybe there was a weird obsession with the expl- exclamation points <laughs> sure um so it's fun to see that that sin unfold while i'm kind of trying to write one in my own head without trying to write it i guess right. i should yeah, say yeah, it was yeah. just sort of happening in the back of my mind so that was fun uh the one spell that fits all thought was really clever uh love the cancel culture joke um and the outtake that started with no rhyming i mean it and then said, hey, monkey, want a peanut was really yes. fun because it just like switched those around, yeah. which was great. And I had it the other way around, I think, or something. I don't remember. We both wrote a peanut when there or maybe you just changed mine to do that. I don't remember, but <laughs> it was great. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Great job. Thanks. Uh, Jonathan, what do you got? Um, I had the uh, do the Simpsons appear to be the family on the block that would throw the Halloween party. I just thought that was really funny. I just thought it was odd. Um, hotline set up to keep Sue from doing stuff. And uh, I also really enjoyed he should eat fewer people, Marge. <laughs> yep. Um, all that is very, very good. Uh, you guys took everything I had. So I, I guess I think I guess we can just move on. Um, we'll move on to uh, Star Trek Discovery, the Vulcan Hello. Um, I have watched Star Trek Discovery. Jonathan, I believe you've watched Star Trek Discovery I, yeah, I as well. Not, I have not started watching the new season yet, but yes, I have seen it up to this point. Um, today, I don't think you're watching this show. Um, no, but I am curious, uh, Jonathan, what do you think of the show overall? Yeah. Um, oh, I, um, I, I like it. Um, as far as the newer stuff, I think I probably like Picard and uh, Lower Decks a little better, but uh, no, I'm really enjoying it. It's got a really nice cast, and um, it's done some really interesting things with uh, with the with the Star Trek mythology, which I think is what has annoyed some older Star Trek fans. Uh, but I don't know. I I just I I I think like Aaron talks about with like Star Trek is such a makeup of my pop like a, such a part of my pop culture makeup. If there's new Star Trek, like I'm enjoying it on on some level. Um, I, I, it's, it's really hard to like really disappoint me in that regards. Um, but, um, I know it's not for everyone, <laughs> apparently <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes I'm in the minority, but obviously it's doing well because they just renewed it for a fourth season. Well, so it's I guess kind of, somewhat... the, the Star Trek stuff is really their, it's their linchpin of their streaming yeah, service, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like the, the Star Trek stuff has to work for them and it's working well enough that they're going to keep doing it. But I enjoy, I mean, I don't know, like, I, I mean, I guess if people are watching this, they've seen it, but like, they really get, like, they, they do some interesting things with, like, the Mirror Universe, and uh, they, you know, they bring back, at one point, they bring back Captain Pike, and they make him a main character, which is really interesting, because we haven't, other than the, other than the J.J. Abrams movies, and the original pilot, we haven't really seen a lot of Pike, and so that, that was fun, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I just I and and they do some interesting things with Spock that I know 
uh, pissed off a lot of fans, but I thought it was really cool. Actually, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Like, I just, I don't know how else to say that. Like I maybe, I don't know. It's just, I'm just, I'm just so happy there's Star Trek. So yeah, uh, I, I watch it and enjoy it. And, uh, cause I've watched every series all the way through, um, since I was a kid. So my experience with Star Trek is quite a bit more limited than yours. Uh, I've watched a lot of the original series. I don't know if I've mm-hmm. watched every single one, um, but I know I've watched a lot of it. I've watched a lot of Next Generation. I'm 100% sure I haven't seen every single episode of Next Generation. And that's about it. Uh, I think I may have in... What 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 was the one that uh, the guy from Quantum Leap was uh, the main guy in? Enterprise. Enterprise. Scott I Bakula, think, Enterprise. Yeah, Scott Bakula. I, I think I watched an episode of Enterprise. Um, but beyond that, I hadn't really watched any Star Trek until these new ones. Um, I watched all the movies. But I, I, mm-hmm. I, I watched um, Picard. I watched Lower Decks, uh, which I, I liked both of those. And I've watched Discovery. And... Discovery was a slow burn for me. I really wasn't sure I liked it until about episode four. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm digging the way yeah. they're playing with the plot. The, the sci-fi stuff is really cool in Discovery. If you're a sci-fi fan, they're doing some really fun sci-fi concepts. Um, and they're playing with them in the Star Trek universe in a way that is is fan servicey enough to get that it's fan service but not so fan servicey that it feels like that's all it's about um and so i have really enjoyed that uh and i think it's just catching its stride i i watched the first episode of this new season and it, i loved it and i i oh that's good to hear yeah i just haven't had a chance yet i and i could be completely in the minority here but i think this this show is just now really hitting its stride and i think part of that has to do with the character of michael burnham i think she was uh in i think that character was written very underplayed for a long time uh purposefully based on you know character traits and those kind of things and she's really given a chance to shine uh the Mm -hmm. last half of season two in the beginning of uh, this third season so yeah and it's interesting because the the you know we did the pilot which is a two which ends up we we did the first we did the first episode the second episode is the second part but then that ends in a in a way you're definitely not expecting right and then it and then the third episode is i don't remember how far into the future and it's like i mean there are some of the same people some of those people stay on the show but a lot of them don't yeah so it's like it's it's i don't and, and star trek has never done that before right um, you know, and, and, um, and this is also, also this and Picard and lower decks for that matter is very much like, um, each episode continues into the next one for the most part, which is also not a Star Trek staple. Right. Um, you know, with the exception of the last couple of seasons, the, the exception of some of deep space nine, um, they don't typically have continuing storylines like that. Um, uh, Star Trek's very episodic, and so mm-hmm. that's very different. Uh, which I, which I, which I like, but also I, I don't mind the episodic stuff either. I mean, if they decided to come out with one that was more episodic, I'd be okay with that. Um, so, so it's just very different. Let me ask you uh, one question, then we'll move into the video. Uh, but I, I want to pick your brain as, um, as somebody who has seen all of the the shows. It strikes me that Lower Decks takes place kind of during Next Generation years, and yeah, Lower Lower Decks. If hold on, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. And Picard obviously takes place after Next Generation years, and that Discovery feels more like uh, it has to take because of the Spock stuff has to take place during like OG years, right? Like even mm-hmm. or correct. or at least correct. without giving too much away. <laughs> it's it's you yeah. know, it starts with yeah. the people who live in the OG years. 
Um, yeah, no, it is it is older, and that's that's always funny, of course. And I thought about even like sending that, but I decided not to. But you know, it's like it's kind of like when you watch the Star Wars prequels, and you were like, things looked better than they do in the future because right. it was movies made in the late '90s versus movies made in the '70s and yeah. early '80s. Yeah, and you kind of have that here. Like this looks like J.J. Abrams. Right. Uh, you know, universe, which looks way more futuristic than, you know, Star Trek Deep Space Nine or Star Trek Voyager, which was way ahead of, you know, right. way past that. But it, you know, but it is what it is. But it's just kind of funny. But no, you're right. Lower Decks, I'm trying to remember the specific because it actually, but it is somewhere, it's somewhere in that next generation era, like well, right after a couple it or of something. The, the next generation, um, characters show up in one of the episodes yeah 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 yeah. so, so it, it's not quite as far out as picard picard is after like picard is picard was the first show that was post voyager right right um well i will take the uh the changing of things as a way to transition into the video because this was a hughes watkins uh, script so danae and um jonathan wrote on this actually before i do danae i, I do want to hear your thoughts just watching this pilot episode like is it something you would be interested in what did you think so i grew up watching next generation so i love the star trek universe um and then we also watched um uh what was the first one Unreruns. the original series they just yeah. called the star trek the original series okay so we watched that one too there's a joke in Lower Decks where he's like, yeah, Star Trek TOS. And was what the TOS stand for? He's like, those old, those old space guys. <laughs> and my, um, my aunt was a major Trekkie. And so growing up wanting to impress her, I was like, I'm a Trekkie too. <laughs> but I don't know a lot of lore. I know enough to where the, the lingo in this show was familiar to me. So I wasn't mm -hmm. uncomfortable it was it was an easy thing to slip into and not an entirely new universe that has new you know languages and stuff like that. And enough so that I was able to question a couple of things that I was seeing um, the Klingon deaths, for example, or uh, like the protocol, you know, that they are mentioning and just being like, I don't know, is that what that protocol is? And just like I knew enough to look up uh, questions about the continuity, which led me to learn things about, you know, the. Uh, certain technologies that technically didn't exist when this was created and finding clever ways to send that and stuff. I, that so, was, that was one of my favorite things about your script was the way you went, you went about sending those things. Yeah. Cause I want to, I want to give a little bit of my personal fan service to this material, but at the same time, remember that the narrator doesn't give a shit. So, <laughs> you know, finding fun <laughs> ways to do that where it's a wink and a nod and also like a stab in the back. That's the, that's, that's the nice balance between what we do. We're having, we're are having we, fun. Are we talking about Toby? Because that Toby <laughs> sin was maybe my favorite thing about uh, yeah. this episode. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Maybe this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because no, I had written something for that too, but mine was just. In fact, I think. Was that the one where I gave you the note? Like I knew this too, but sadly I didn't look it up or something. <laughs> I was like kind of sad <laughs> that I didn't have to look it up. It was either that or that was the one where it was the ability to have the holographic technology yeah, for communication. That, oh, that's what it was. It was that one. It was the holographic. Yeah. But I had written something more straightforward and not as clever as what Danae had done. So I was like, well, I'm just picking Danae's. Didn't even put an alt in. <laughs> so I think the fun part about the, the technology one was 
sinning that it's not on the right timeline and also sinning that we can't just sit back and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Because that's one thing that I love about this show and I was really having a good time with this show is this new ability with CGI and camera work and just we have a different way of being able to shoot material mm-hmm. like this, you know, and you go back and you look at the original and you see those sets and how they did their um, uh, special effects work, things like that. And it's just so very different. Even And it, I've always really loved, too, looking at how they make their aliens with all the prosthetics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite reality TV shows is, is I think it's called Face Off, right? Where mm-hmm. they, yeah. yeah, yeah, on sci-fi. I've watched that many times. I love that show uh, to watch how these creatures are created and a, and mm-hmm. a series like Star Trek is a place for all of those people to be able to, to exist. And so... Um, there's just a fun like like I didn't know about the, the the Kelpian race, so I looked up the Kelpian race, and it's just the world building of Star Trek is fun for me. So I really mm-hmm. did enjoy watching this one, um, although I kind of hurt myself because for whatever reason, um, I thought I had my uh, closed captioning on when I watched this the first time, but I didn't. And so I thought that we were kind of doing this really interesting, immersive thing because the entire first part is all in Klingon. And I thought, oh, this is really (laughs) artistic and interesting, right? Because what I was watching didn't have it on the bottom of the screen. And I'm sure when it aired, it actually had it on the bottom of the screen. Were you able to follow what was going on, though? That's interesting that... Oh, okay. Yeah. I just say, I don't think that's artistic or interesting if you don't know what's going on. I watched the entire show where every time there was Klingon, I had no idea what was happening. (laughs) I was just, I was just watching for like how they were acting, which by the way, in that amount of prosthetics is really hard to follow. (laughs) Um, You don't see eyebrow expressions or anything. You know, the guy that kind of comes out to um, take over this mantle of going out and lighting the beacon. I didn't understand that argument in, in any form or fashion. I actually had to turn on closed captioning for it to finally appear mm. on my screen when the Klingons spoke. And yeah. so it was obviously just some kind of weird tweaky thing with the the one that I was watching. It just didn't have it. So that was interesting because then on my second watch was when I understood what was happening with the Klingons. So I would say uh, it's interesting. I I like the female captain. Um, I, I, I think I'm enjoying Michael a little bit, although, um, yeah, I, I think I liked it enough to watch it again, but I, I didn't go and just continue to watch it is my long answer. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I think, Me I too. think it's a really good show and, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that all of us, uh, enjoy it on some that level. It's beautiful too. Oh, it is. You, you know, you talk about that, uh, CG, you know, kind of seeing new shows that have more tools in their tool belt mm-hmm. than the old ones do. And, you know, I've experienced that with Doctor Who, uh, like the new Doctor Who's versus like the old school Doctor Who's and how different that is. I just experienced that yesterday with uh, the new Anne Hathaway Witches movie, where it's like, you know, I've watched the old one because I love that book and it's fine. But watching the the CGI work they do in this new one is just mind blowing. And I love it so much. So it's like I, I like that, you know, th- we uh, I think rightfully so dig into pop culture for being too reliant on reboots and remakes and those kind of things but at the same time sometimes there are some benefits to that like you get to explore a world in a, in a better deeper way that you got to the first time so yeah i will i will say i was genuinely annoyed by the computer stuff where it's like 
you know, initiating launch sequence. And then it goes through like every single like oxygen, check, Mm -hmm. butthole, check. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was just every single thing. Wait, I don't remember the the butthole check on the Discovery show. (laughs) How did I miss that scene? (laughs) They have to do a butthole check before they leave? Like, how does that work? And then like they walk in the door and it's, it's like computer and it's like, Hey, yeah, I'm here. How was your day? I've just been hanging out here in this uh, console all day. And it's like, shut up. You're not a character. You're just a freaking computer. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe the computer should be a character. Very, maybe yeah. that's part of the show. I don't know. But I missed the little, little ding, like, hey, here, listening. And so uh, that was annoying to me. For sure, that was annoying. Man, anti-AI sentiment from uh, Danae. Honestly, the opening sequence of this was annoying to me. I think I researched, this could be wrong, I'm going from memory, but I believe it was added afterwards. The the whole opening sequence where they go and they Mm -hmm. like fix the well, um, that was not part of the the start. They kind of added that later. That felt really clunky to me, but I understand the idea of like doing this away thing. But when you really question what they're doing there or their conversation or how they're interacting with the aliens or this like how does the ship even see this mark from outer space when it's cloud coverage Mm -hmm. you know there's just that whole thing just falls apart like we're walking in a circle and it's clearly not which you know and 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 even how smart michael is supposed to be in the question it was just very weird it has nothing to do with anything which is fine i mean which is fine i mean that's okay but yeah i agree with you could have made it intelligent that would have given us and what they were trying to do is like michael has to trust the captain Mm -hmm. and i understand that but there's a different way to do that and just seemed really clunky to me but anyways i would still watch my favorite my favorite thing about this process was i get this like message from danae in the slack channel that just says these opening credits are garbage (laughs) oh my god Forgot about that. It's out of nowhere. Fucking those opening credits, and I apologize if you like them. Sweet, gr- no, great. I don't. They yeah. are so. Was it Westworld? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, very Westworldian. So yeah. Westworld, and I was like, and and so uh, Jonathan sent them as well, and we went with his sin, which was great because it's the same kind of a concept. It was just well, like, and I got to make fun of the Enterprise opening credits, which were the worst. So that was fun. Those credits, man. I'm like, what is going on? What's going on is uh, they wanted opening credits to, you know, emphasize an opening theme that had elements of the other themes. And, you know, there's fan service going on, I think. Uh, all right. I'll move us in to the, uh, the video itself. Um, you were talking about the, uh, the way things are older, but somehow not older um, and mm-hmm. I loved the sin about the decorative thigh zippers uh, as an example yep. of that idea. <laughs> uh, leg zippers, baby. That's where fashion's going. So I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I guess she didn't calculate for the ever-changing winds of plot convenience. Rookie mistake. <laughs> that made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, you spelled Wheaton wrong. Made me giggle. Uh, that one almost got cut. Oh, really? Yeah, I, def- I definitely giggled at that one. Uh, so thank you, Discovery, for messing up Klingon lore for Toby. I honor you with a sin. Uh, we talked about Toby a little bit already, but I did. That was my favorite sin of the of the episode. Um, is he surprised? Afraid? Wondering if he left the food maker thingy on? <laughs> <laughs> That's Great. actually, that was, um, I, I wrote something to Jonathan about, and I couldn't remember the name of the food replicator. And so I said the food maker thingy. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's like, you have to use that in the script somewhere. <laughs> And so, but they didn't use the food replicator. And I thought, oh, I can't, I can't do it. 
And then when I was writing the sin about his expression, I was like, oh, it's like when you leave the stove on at home and you're like, oh, no, but it's the food maker thingy. It's perfect. So that was fun. That's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, lots of great uh, food replicator jokes in um, Lower Decks, uh, too. That show that show is really funny. It's really good. It is. I still haven't watched it. I, mean, uh, I, really, I really need to. Uh, man, that was quick. Are Vulcans just always on the ready, never playing golf or on the toilet reading Maxim? <laughs> that made me laugh quite a bit as well. Uh, what about you guys? Jonathan, what are some of the, the things uh, that you want to you, mention? You, you, you took a few of them, but uh, I do. I, well, and Danae already mentioned, but I did have that Michael would know that by walking in its shape, they had not created a circle. That was a good point. Um, and then I wanted to bring up the coffin porn sin because... Yeah. Uh, Barrett suggested like I don't remember what we had we had coffin porn in there but su- Barrett suggested a rewrite and he wrote he wrote the sin as it is if this coffin porn goes on for much longer I will be watching it from the comfort of my own and Danae and I both just the way we read it we were just like from did he leave what? a word out <laughs> guys no really it's, it's hilarious it, it we came around to it eventually danae i think figured it out and then i was like oh yeah yeah that makes <gasps> more sense and it was one of those <laughs> embarrassing things where we'd already sent the notes back to barrett like it's i think just... you left out a word like what is this yeah. fine <laughs> well if he's like trying you... to be really nice like no guys that's what i meant i know that feeling well as narrating scripts can be like that sometimes where it's like what is this sin- how does this sentence work i don't understand how these words go together <laughs> it's like <laughs> i have to figure out the context to actually get the delivery um, and then the only other thing i had is the uh, i i really the way the editors did the i come in peace outtake was even better than i had i had envisioned it so that was really nice nice Danae, what about you you go in pieces um, I liked writing the unspooling one just because genetic unspooling turns out isn't actually a thing, which, you know, if you Google search any of this scientific futuristic jargon from Star Trek, there's like a 99% chance it's all just a bunch of BS. Yeah. But I was like, genetic unspooling sounds real. It's not. I just want <laughs> just want to let you know <laughs> that's not really a thing. Um, the she won't make it unless we get her now. And then pointing out that that she does and i volunteer you to wear the red shirt just kind of a wink and nod Mm -hmm. to the Mm -hmm. the different colored shirts um and then the um all klingons must come to the light when it shines in the sky and then referring that to lord of the rings yeah um in such a way where it's it's like lord of the rings makes sense because they've got these beacons that are on a physical mountain but how are the Klingons able to set off a beacon of light and then have their people appear when it's not light in the sky? It's light in space, which travels differently. So yeah. that kind of was. That was funny, too, because the I've only seen the Lord of the Rings movies once each. So I was just like, I don't want to look this up. So I'm just going to trust that Danae knows what she's talking about. She talks about Lord of the Rings all the time. And I'm going to say this is correct. And if, if nerds attack her, oh, well. Oh wow! I can't do anything. Oh, I, did you <laughs> so see the glorious new Lord of the Rings Steelbook collection in 4K that just got announced? No. Oh my goodness, my wallet feels the pain. Oh no! <laughs> um, I loved the Fifth Element outtake that Jonathan put together, uh, and I also really enjoyed putting in the Phineas and Ferb outtake. Yes, which I only knew about because I had recently sent it, and that was really um, exciting. So. <laughs> Great stuff, We've been guys. doing that a lot. Like I had that Manfred uh, sin and something recently. I can't. Maybe that hasn't. I believe you mean Manfred. Uh, I think it's Manfred. Manfred yeah, is how that's pronounced. <laughs> uh, if I'm correct. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Uh, all right, let's move on to Gwen Stefani. Holla back, girl. Uh, this is the music video sin for the week. Barrett has thoughts on it. Danae, what are uh, what are Barrett's words? In, in preferably in the order he wrote them in. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Well, I realized oh, it was unclear. She... You know, I, I just realized you could just start saying random what words that words? he wrote. So, yeah, what are I the was, words? Like, does Danae read them out of order sometimes? <laughs> like, I'm so confused right now. I'll I'll, I'll try it now. Do Gwen something special? Fuck, is that right? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> sentence makes way too much sense. Uh, oh so. yeah. Oh God. How do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I just. How do I? How do I just assume that's what he wrote. <laughs> but just you know, it's fair. You know, today your brain just does I'd... it. It's good. It's a gift. It's Barrett's a gift. Always gonna have my favorite like sin sin cinema sins moment ever. Actually, BTS moment with the can we fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at uh, at Sin Week. Oh my God. Uh, he's, he's, never, he's never followed through on that. So I'm, I'm starting to <laughs> wonder about myself. No. All right. He says, I hate Hollaback Girl with every fiber of my being. When I was working in neurology research, the nurse that was technically my boss would always stream music from her cubicle. And in 2005, that meant. Every song from Love Angel, Music Baby, the album from which this abomination came. The lyrics are nonsensical, even though it's bizarrely a diss track directed at Courtney Love. I do have to say that I had a massive crush on Gwen from about 02 to 07, so watching this video wasn't all bad. The sin that digs at Bush comes from a very deep place of rage at that band. Anyway, it's really disappointing that she did this shit since late stage, no doubt, was really getting into something special. In summary, fuck the song, fuck it in the year. Wow, he really hates this song. I don't, I don't agree. I This song, I think, is it's fun. It is nonsense. It's complete nonsense. But I think it's really poppy fun to listen to. But maybe I'm in the minority. I, I No, I don't, I don't like it either. I've never liked it. But I, I do disagree with him about Bush. I think Bush is a little underrated. The band, uh, Bush. <laughs> Not the beer or whatever else you're thinking. Or either, but, either um, of the presidents or, you know, whatever I, else. Uh, I, I listened to, I, 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 was a, I was a fan of 16 Stone. That's all I'll say. But uh, anyways, yeah, no, I, I've never liked the song very much. I honestly don't really like her solo career. I was never like a huge No Doubt fan either. So maybe that's just the thing. But I, I don't know. Just her solo stuff never really. Never really clicked with me, and uh, my wife likes her quite a bit, though. So I've, I've, I've heard a lot of it. My daughter likes her, too. I very much... And Blake Shelton likes her. Yes, he does. I very much like the sound of her voice. I like the way she yeah, forms no, her words. Yeah, she's very cool. Very I, cool I, voice. I, I really enjoy listening to her sing, and I, and I think her voice fits really well with the, you know, kind of the pop, um, yeah. punk-ish stuff that, you know, she started with and, and has continued to do. Uh, I, I did enjoy No Doubt stuff, and I did enjoy some of her solo stuff as well. Yeah, no, she's extremely talented. Like I said, it just, for whatever reason, sure. just doesn't click with me. Danae, what about, what's your experience with uh, with No Doubt and Gwen Stefani and kind of the um, whole thing? I would say in the world of pop culture, in the world of music, when you have women to look up to or artists to look up to or to look towards for the content that they're creating, Gwen was someone that I was like, I like her because mm-hmm. she wasn't uh you know going for like pretty pretty girl and i liked her punk vibe um and this song has that punky like not gonna take it vibe to it but yeah when you start to read the lyrics at least when i start to read the lyrics now i'm like what was this about uh you know it had that high school sort of vibe to it where you know you're getting into some kind of a 
a fight with someone at school and, you know, it's no holds barred in the school environment. And so um, obviously can't relate to that now. But Gwen herself is she's a performer and an artist at the same time. Um, What I mean by that is being able to watch her performances, especially now, like, you know, you can go on YouTube and you can watch some of her live performances and stuff. I mean, she is very activated physically. She's jumping around on stage and she's still performing. And I think anyone who can do that and keep their energy up and deliver a performance, whether it's back in no doubt days or other things that she's doing, you know, now, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty incredible to me. So I, I like Gwen personally. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the Courtney love. I don't know if that was well known at the time and I just never heard that but i until now i didn't know that's what this was about there were some helpful comments in the comments uh one of them i have uh in my comment section as a backup i only have one comment that i'm using today but it's a (laughs) i have a second backup comment just in case the one gets taken uh but anyways yeah there were some really helpful um people in the comments kind of talking i uh i did not look at the comments on this one so uh what did you think of the video danae um so uh, she's not in her no doubt punk. She's like a little punky doing the whole midriff thing, mm-hmm. which I like how uh, that was sinned and addressed her, her physique and her um, like, I don't know. It's just really cool to see someone who's like in their mid thirties, just killing it like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's also full, weird like to think about somebody. High school kids. It's also, <laughs> I was going to say, it's also weird to think about somebody being in their mid thirties, <laughs> like, sidling up to the kids so guessing that was a little awkward kids but i could be wrong if you go back and you if you look at the the like the kids that are on drumline they're like they're high school kids oh okay i was thinking about (laughs) like that that one guy she sidled up to that he looked a little older but i could be wrong i'm not good with age so that's okay i can never guess age i i you know you could tell me you're 17 i'd be like okay okay. like you had you had a a child and you're 14 got it but um again i just it just seemed like this is a this is a video that goes along with the lyrics. I instantly respect that more than I respect other videos. Uh, yeah. it's no, interesting it's a, to watch. It's a, it is a when, fun video. I it is. Fun. Yeah. What do you think about the What do you think about the Sins video? What are some of your oh highlights? Oh my god. The the rub your ass in the driver's face while singing mm, that's my shit was <laughs> For me, that was I liked the, I liked everything, uh-huh. but I couldn't get over that one. So um, that's the only one that I wrote down. I enjoyed so, so many of them, but then yeah. I also liked how Craig in the comments said, I'm just a year older than Gwen. When this video came out, my first thought was Gwen's also having a mid thirties crisis. I'm not alone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought that was good. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What were some of your highlights? Uh, well, we actually, I mentioned the thing about sidling up to the guy and, uh, and the Bush. Uh, I was just saying, I thought Bush was better than what Barrett said. So, but I really enjoyed it. It was really funny, and just I I, I agree with everything about uh, the song not being very good. So, uh, you took a couple of mine, but I also, uh, as a father of four young men who have gone through marching band, uh, oh no, they got the poor marching band involved with this, didn't they? Uh, hit a a special place because uh, then all of a sudden, I'm imagining my own children. Uh, sidled up next to Gwen Stefani in this music video. Uh, and then I also enjoyed, they definitely wanted you to focus on the fringe of her outfit here. Uh, I thought was... <laughs> that was great. <laughs> was really yeah. great. I, uh, I just looked, I didn't actually didn't know her age. I had no idea she was 51. I thought she was a little younger than that. That's good. Good for her, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then how dare you sin fiddle faddle? That's all I have to say. How 
dare you? That is some good, that. good stuff. I had nothing to do with this. Well, hopefully this gets to Barrett Phil, and Barrett so can explain himself. It's just like it's like crunch and is munch. It just like Chex Mix. No, 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 no. Oh. It's it's more like caramel corn peanuts. Like it's it's more well, of a sounds, crunch and munch good. kind of thing. Yeah, it's that delicious. Really good. Cracker Jacks. I need to add that to my grocery list. Yeah, Cracker Jacks, Fiddle Faddle, Crunch and Munch. Crunch and Munch is my favorite not, of those, but yeah. I like Crunch and Munch, not a huge uh, Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack always just tastes like stale to me. Yeah, especially if you had the the old boxes at a baseball game. That's my first experience yeah. with Cracker Jacks. Yeah. Um, you just always so, got a yeah. prize. That's why I like them. <laughs> yes, same with cereal, right? Any of those big sugar foods that include a kid's prize they for marketing really do purposes. don't really prizes anymore because I, I, I still eat like kid cereal. And, well, um at some you have point, to like send in box tops for stuff. Yeah. At some point, they realize it's probably not a great idea to like tempt kids with toys to eat a bunch of sugar. Like at some right. point, you know, hopefully we're evolving oh, as a. I don't need the toy. I just, I just like yeah. it's just one of those things. It's like they don't have sat. Like if I'm up on Saturday morning, like they don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Do I want to watch Saturday morning cartoons? No, but I want them to be there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's uh, like what's the great oh my god, the great pumpkin's not on TV anymore. That yeah. that's horrible. That's why I have my four K disc, baby. But, Little Charlie but Brown in four K. It's not the same. The whole thing about the TV is it's like a bunch of people are watching it together. You know, like there's something oh, about that. Interesting. That's just really it's really neat to me. There is a feature on Disney Plus. Or you can press a button and you can watch it with someone else. Yeah. And we're, th- we're thinking about trying that. Um, so Iris is into PJ Masks right now and her cousin yeah, is into PJ Masks show. as well. And so we thought, what, if, what it'd be kind of cool to set up like a little video hangout and then have them both watch the same PJ Masks at the same time. So even though they're in New York and, you know, we're in Missouri, it might be a way to That'd stay be really connected. Cool. The yeah. first year we did Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, uh, Mackenzie dressed up as Owlette. Oh, that's so cute. Do you she pictures? still actually has the she actually still has the costume. It probably still fits her to be honest. But <laughs> it was like when she was five, I think. So maybe four years ago. So Oh, that's cool. Good stuff, as always, with music video sins. Let's move into Cinema Sins. We'll start with Saw V, uh, which is Saw Five. Um <laughs> How many hey Jonathan, how many Saw movies have there been? Uh there well, there's been eight that have actually been released. Um the ninth one is the one that the uh, Chris, Chris Rock, Rock is yeah. involved in okay. the spiral. So and this, friend of friend of the Sin cast, Darren Bowsman is directing. Nice, nice. So, this yeah. was, uh, as many people assumed, an Atkinson Watkins script. This was uh, Chris and Jonathan writing <laughs> on Sofa. I have a comment that thought you wrote on this. Oh, really? Wow. wow. Well, the nice did little tease. You, did either one of you do Saw Five comments? You didn't, right? No, no. So I can no. bring that one up now. Yeah, the um, I've got to give it up for the Mandalorian. Aaron, you've done it again. <laughs> Scrapper Alex. Listen, I'll just go ahead and take credit. Um, I'll, yeah. You know, if I didn't write it, uh, it was certainly written as me being the inspiration. Uh, let's let's just say that. You, no, you've uh, never seen a Saw movie, though, right? You've never no, had to review one or anything? Nope. Okay. Haven't seen a single one. And before we get to Chris's thoughts... Uh, I will say this for the first time ever watching this video, I was like, I kind of might like this universe. Like there's a part of the riddle of it that is just, and the interconnected meta-ness of it is something that I'm just like, yeah, it's there's, there's something that tweaks my movie loving brain. That's like, I kind of might like part of this. I just don't think I want to stomach the, 
the torture gross well gore here's stuff. the thing i would i would be curious if you if you watch i think saw gets unfairly lumped in with uh with its imitators and it also gets lumped in with hostile which it's very different from okay um i I don't really like the term. I think the term torture porn stupid anyways, and it was coined by a fucking critic anyways. But, um, and it was describing something that wasn't Saul. Um, right. Saul does have, I'm not going to say Saul never has anything that's like what you would qualify as torture, but, but yeah, but no, but Saul definitely like it. Um, it's very, it's very mainstream, right? I mean, it's a, it's a mainstream property. It's, yeah. you know, so, and it's also got like your show, like you're talking about, it's got this really weird interwoven mythology. Um, I've never seen a franchise like this. With that the, being said, I only really I like. Yeah. With that being said, I only really like the first one, um, and I love the first one. I think the first one's outstanding. And then after that, I think it's very diminishing. Like the well, second one's o- the second one's okay. The third one's less than okay. Less okay. The fourth one's bad. This one sucks ass. So, and then it just kind of gets worse from there. <laughs> here's my fear. Here's my fear. It's not really a fear, but here's my thought. Uh, I have heard you and many others say that the first one is really the only good one and the only one where the riddles and traps and everything feel thought out and interesting and mm-hmm. you know clever and that kind of stuff. And so if that's the part I'm interested, why, why would I even watch these movies? The only yeah. thing I think about is like, well, what if all of a sudden with this new one that Chris Rock is doing, where it's like all of a sudden it's good, and now in order to even understand it, I have to have watched the others. I don't and so, think, based on what uh, Darren Bowsman told us a little bit about it when we interviewed him for another movie, with another movie he did, um, he said that it it works in the universe, but it's also its own thing. Okay. So I have a feeling that's not going to be a problem for you. But what's interesting to me though is the trap thing. Yeah, the traps when they do them, they are pretty gross. But like. I don't know. I'm just telling you, if you haven't seen these movies, whatever you're picturing is so much worse than what actually is on okay. screen. Well, I will uh, say, though, just the the uh, the aesthetic of the films is very grimy and, you know, and dirty and ugly. But as far as gore like this one, for instance, this one felt like I think Chris even mentions this. This one feels almost more like an episode of a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, I don't hear know. What, let's hear what Chris had to say. Saw 5 continues what is basically a TV show you watch in theaters. It's kind of amusing how they keep piling on all these simultaneous storylines with previous Saw movies and try to make them make sense. But of course, the fun for us is to explain how they don't work. I had to rewatch Saw 1 through 4 here. It can be fun to go into a late chapter and forget everything you once knew, but there are much better videos when you bring the receipts. It's difficult to truly construct the timelines between five movies and figuring out how the new information fits or doesn't. We knew by the end of Saw 4 that Jigsaw had recruited Detective Hoffman to help him out, but then it tries to say Hoffman was there almost from the beginning after after Hoffman tried to do a copycat murder. With super handy quote-unquote police reports that tell you the order of the victims and who the detectives were on each case, Saw 5 actually makes it fairly easy to find inconsistencies based on what it says. I'm even ready to say we probably missed some. The story is so complex at this point. And that's the main thing I want to express about this video in its early form. It was the most confusing video we have ever done outside of the Terminator uh, Genesis, which tried to explain the time travel inconsistencies. So many names being thrown around, so many actions described. We had to infuse the other Saw movies into this edit for visual references. 
Uh, it probably has the most extra footage, video footage since White Olympus House has fallen down. Our April Fool's video confusing White House down and Olympus has fallen and several thousand other movies. Yes, all the outside footage is from Saw movies, but we've never done that much in specific chapters, even with Marvel films. Yeah, I watched I watched the first four. I rewatched the first four as well. And Chris and I did three and four like two Halloweens ago because I think it was right before the Jigsaw came out. And um, but so those were the freshest on my mind. I hadn't seen the first two since they were in the theater. I hadn't seen them in forever. And um, so I just I felt like it would make sense to go back through them because I knew I knew this was going to it was very convoluted and there was a lot of stuff. And uh, apparently Chris had the same thought. So we both did this. I'm, so this might be actually the movie I've put the most time in <laughs> on in my in my history with Cinema Sins, which is insane because it's fucking Saw 5. And maybe correspondingly, the movie that Danae has put the uh, least time yeah. in. <laughs> Purposely. Was, and I hope, the, I hope the editors don't hate us. Uh, maybe you have more knowledge of that. Because we did an edit, and then Chris is like, I think we're just going to have to go back in. Which, I mean, you know, Ashley, they're all very cool. And I mean, I, and it ended up not being as much as I thought. But I really like that we did that. Because I think it made the video better. And we even incorporated in other movies, too. Like, I threw the, like that, we got to put that clip from The Firm. Um, in there, which I thought was, which I thought sold the point, you know, uh, sold the joke a lot better. So I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It was time consuming and it was, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Um, from my perspective, since I kind of followed the flow of all the scripts yeah. and videos and stuff, there was a, um, a note from the editor was like, okay, there's references to other saw videos. So we'll just need those clips and those reference points <laughs> at some point. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I just thought maybe it was like a like one or two maybe outtakes is what you guys are going for. And then all of a sudden I start watching you going in and noting, okay, this is referencing this movie at this point, and this is referencing <laughs> this movie at this point. Okay, and then this person, here's the IMDB link to this person, and I'm like, holy shit, what are they doing over there? Well, That's going to be crazy. If, if I hadn't, it really wasn't as hard as it seems because I had just seen the movie. So if I, if I had not seen the movies for, you know, 10 years, that would have been a little more difficult. But I actually knew exactly where to go to because I knew what I was That's referencing, cool. you know. That's cool. Uh, but I think, but if we hadn't watched those, we wouldn't have those comp more complex sins. And I don't know, Chris and I really enjoy writing complex sins like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I think we work well together on the horror movies anyways, but um, that was a fun experience. I've never really gotten that involved on a, like not gone back and used other movies the way we did on this. I've never done that before. So uh, that was a lot of fun. So uh, neither Danae or I have seen this movie. Um, and Danae, it's I don't terrible. believe you watched the uh, Sins video either because there's a gruesome warning at the beginning, uh, which makes sense. Um, so I guess I will be playing the role today of Danae asks uh, Jonathan what's going on in a movie. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> but I will say what you what you talked about, uh, the, the in-depth, like, you know, using other movies, that kind of stuff, was actually really helpful to me. And I do feel like for the first time I came away understanding the Saw universe a little bit better. Um, so let me just state it in my own words and you tell me yay or nay. Um in my own words, we're finding out that a detective has been involved with Jigsaw since pretty yes. much the beginning in yes. helping him do this because that detective wanted to be a copycat killer at first. But yes. then they, they so this movie, they basically became a team. Yeah, because this franchise did something really interesting where it killed off its main antagonist at the end of the third movie and left him dead. Yeah. Um, now they do find ways to bring him into all of the movies. They use 
as you see in this, they use flashbacks like an insane person does, but um, like, in, like it's just insane. But yes, you are correct on all of that. So I'm glad okay. that that came through. No, I think it did. Um, let's talk about the video itself. Uh, I will start um, and just say, and again, uh, Danae, did you, you didn't watch any of it, did you? Uh, you guys gave me shit about it, so I started watching it until I saw a pendulum swinging and cutting somebody up with blood, and I was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I will, uh, I'll give some of my thoughts on the video. Um, I guess the easiest answer would be the horse's name was Friday. Really made me laugh because I get that <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'll tell you something crazy about that, though. So the reason that riddle sticks in my head, have you ever seen Little Big League? Uh, yes. Where the kid gets the Minnesota Twins? So he's working on a he's working on a um, he's working on a math problem or something. But then there's been this ongoing joke where uh, Jonathan Silverman is telling John Ashton this riddle, which is the answer is the horse's name is Friday, right? Or somebody's telling him a riddle. Yeah. And uh, and in this one scene, when Jonathan Silverman is helping the kid solve this uh, solve this math problem he says after that he turns to john ash and he said also the horse's name is friday so that's what popped in my head but what's funny that i forgot about completely is scott patterson is in that movie oh nice and he's even in that scene i think he might even be the one that tells john ashton the riddle um so it was one of those weird things where i actually tied it in even though i wasn't intending to yeah nice <laughs> very nice uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I have to keep deleting previous sins because the movie adjusts itself every 10 minutes, not cool, Saw 5, uh, I thought that was and great. And that was legit. I yeah. had to delete like three or four sins, and it really pissed me off because yeah. they were really yeah. good. I love that you put that in there. <laughs> uh, love the reference to Law & Order, Saw VU, also known as Saw In Order. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, but the person who tries to get on an elevator when people are getting off it uh, are the jerks. <laughs> End of story. I think that... That hit me in such a real place. I was just like, yes, it is not the person's fault getting off the elevator. If you are the kind of person that stands right in front of an elevator door when it opens, you're the problem. Back off. There might be people had, on the elevator that need to get off. We had so many variations of that, too. Like, we had a few different things written in that point, and that's what we ended up settling on. But, yeah, it was just that whole scene was just so weird. And then we threw in that, you know, what is, but, but on the second thing, what is this scene? <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, is it Disneyland? I really hope it's Disneyland. Uh, oh, I was so glad he kept that one in. That was really I just, funny. That was one of those. I just pictured Jeremy reading it, and I was like, that'll work. Uh, and then after they say something about the Saw, it's like, well, we're almost uh, an hour and 12 minutes into a movie with Saw in the title. I would say it's about time. <laughs> um, I thought that was funny. And then the where, well, there are five Saws. Wait a minute. Five Saws. Saw five. Roll credits. Uh, I thought that was great. <laughs> Uh, and then the inner thoughts uh, bonus round was one of my favorite bonus yeah. rounds of yeah. all time. It's so yeah, it's so funny because when you see those all together, you realize how ridiculous that whole thing is when people talk mm -hmm. to themselves. It's just great. Well, and like and, and like no shit, they edit it to make it look like Scott Patterson is is like having um, Costas Mandalore's memories. It's I mean right. I know that's not what they intend. But it's like, but that's the way, I mean, film is a visual medium and it's telling a story visually. So that's what they're telling us. Right. Yeah. Whether they mean to or not. Uh, so yeah, no, we jumped all over that. Uh, what did you want to, uh, what are some other ones that I missed, Jonathan? Um, 
Well, I, I agree with Chris. Uh, Chris actually took the sins off at the end for the ending. And that's the thing about these Saw movies is they always leave you with like a really fun, uh, I don't know, fun, but they leave you kind of with a bang. Because one thing about Saw, the score is amazing. Like that main, that I think it's called Zep, Hello Zep or something like that. That main Saw theme is so good. And they always do that thing at the end where everything starts tying together, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're playing that score. And so I love that Chris actually did. He's like, even this movie sucks, you know, this ending is so badass. Um, just us sending the stupidity of the people involved in the game because they are some of the dumbest characters in the history of film. Um, I loved, I mean, why does this diorama need to be update, up to date? I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this sequence is the editing equivalent of new metal. The sequence is brought to you by Mudvayne. I just love the way Jeremy uh, Jeremy read that. He read it like as I envisioned it. So that's always fun. Nice. Um, and I'm sure we pissed off some Mudvayne fans, but I don't know. They haven't <laughs> been around since like 2012. So, uh, um, but yeah, no, this was just a really fun one to work on. I was I was really happy with the outcome. Yeah. So. No, this is a this is a really great script and a really great video. You guys did awesome. Um, it's really funny. Uh, let's move on to Trolls World Tour. This was a Dicer Share script. This was myself and Barrett. Um, have either of you seen this movie? Nope. All right, let's hear what Barrett no, had to, to say about it I first. will take a trip. I will take a drink. A trip. I will take a trip. <laughs> oh, That's mine. If I haven't seen it, shit. I get to go on vacation. <laughs> oh, I was thinking the other kind of tripping. Yeah, I, was, okay. I thought oh, I was thinking acid, wait, too. Yeah, no, I'm going to do that instead. Thank you. I prefer <laughs> I prefer that over vacation right now. <laughs> uh, Barrett said, World Tour, Trolls World Tour, is worse than the last one in that the previous iteration at least had a fucking plot. This one features all the side characters and maybe 10 lines apiece for Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake. Total cash grab, which I understand, but total lack of story. I do have to say the visuals are impressive, as is some of the music. So if I were into drugs, I would probably have a pleasant time watching this. Uh, I echo everything he said and maybe even strengthen the visuals and music thing. This is this is not a great movie. But it is a great music video, uh, if that makes any any oh, cool. kind of sense, or a great series of music videos. That um, kind of weirdly makes me want to see it. <laughs> it's it's fun. Yeah, it's too. beautiful, and I'm telling you, uh, watching it on a really nice television with like crystal clear colors and that kind of stuff was yeah. it was yeah, a we lot get it. of you fun. You got a nice TV. Yeah, I, I do, it. and I will continue to bring it up as much as I need to to get home. Oh, I'm going to buy 4K Lord of the Rings because I'm rich. <laughs> And my TV's huge. <laughs> Listen, Sorry. I can't help. I can't help it that you know my OnlyFans makes millions of dollars a month. Uh, you know that's that's just. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I echo everything he said, uh, especially the emphasis on the good parts. Um, but the negative parts are really bad. It makes it, it, it's just not a great story, not a it's, great movie. It is fun to sin though. I had a blast sending this movie um it, it was really really fun it's really weird my daughter and i think this just might be the gap that it was the second one was made from the first one because i can't remember how old my daughter was when the first one came out but i feel like she was only like five was it it was four or five years ago right it's been a, yeah it's been a hot minute so that was like she loved the hell out of that movie like we had to listen to the sound we didn't have to but we listened to the soundtrack all the time in the car Uh, we took her to the theater between me and my wife taking her i think we i think she saw it four or five times in the theater like she just loved this movie Mm -hmm. uh then the second one came out and i even asked her like hey do you want to rent this or whatever she's like no i'm good so like she had no interest (laughs) 
you know, at eight or, well, let's see, when did this come out? Was this early? Yeah, she was still eight when it came out. But anyway, she was just like, no, I'm good. Let's, I'll just go watch YouTube or whatever. Wow. So, Kids. Uh, so no, I haven't seen it because I wasn't going to pay 20 bucks for it yeah. <laughs> to watch yeah. it by myself. So, uh, uh, Danae, what are some of your favorite uh, parts of the Sins video? Is that what we're doing today? I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah. Um, I wasn't told to take drugs, and now I have to pause for 37 minutes. <laughs> uh, that was specific <laughs> and funny. Uh, wonderful. The music video sins call out was also exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, everything looks R and B like re- when referencing that there was only six major ones, and then Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, with the um, the uh, wrap this up. R everything R and B. I mean, a okay. Yeah. I mean, a okay. Yeah, just there was a lot of really clever wordplay um, happening, which I'm not surprised since you were on the script. Um, and then. My favorite was the high five that was intimate, and we pretty just we we we're pretty sure we just saw a troll anal. <laughs> yeah, I had that one down too. Was that was funny. Unexpected twist there, and I I'm okay with it. That was really really fun. Yeah, you what heard about, it here. Danae is okay with troll anal. Uh, <laughs> you heard jo- it here first, Jonathan. What about you? How do you feel about it? Uh, Danae, were you finished? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I liked uh, dicking along with the bumbling dicky weeds. I just thought that was really funny. Uh, the flute family are sturdy folk, which I think was the was the end of a sin. Um, non consensual heavy eyeball petting was one of mine, and I, I loved love the uh, I loved the Key and Peel outtake because that's one of my favorite Key and Peel sketches. So I was yeah. glad to see you guys throw that in there. That whole thing with the techno trolls and mm-hmm. like waiting for the drop, and he's you know waiting to hit the drop button was so great. And the sin about the DJ finally hits the drop button, causing at least a few troll gasms throughout the crowd, is yeah. so accurate because I have never been okay this is this is going to sound more <laughs> sexual than you probably wanted to hear but the it simulates the idea of reaching orgasm better than any movie i've ever seen with that drop thing and it made me re- like it was just like i don't know i i got a little hot that's all i'm saying i got a little hot <laughs> under the cow- to be fair though collar. that's kind of what that is right like the yes. idea of waiting for the beat Absolutely. to drop i mean that's a, that's a central thing right yes a or it's 100%. an excitement techno is simulating sexual stimulation with the idea of waiting for the beat to drop and the beat is the beat drop is the orgasm and that that is no more clear than in this uh, scene of Trolls World never, Tour. So. I never want to be in a crowded club when the beat drops. Then. <laughs> no. Or do you? Um, <laughs> so I like that scene. Uh, little known fact, the opening number uh, barely beat out California Trolls, Motley Crue's Trolls, 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 and Queen's Fat Bottom <laughs> Trolls for the slot. <laughs> Uh, the uh, traveling by airplanes without clearing the proper hair space from leaving in a from approved airport. Um, enjoyed writing that because I love it when people just in unexpectedly bend all of the sudden. Uh, made me giggle so much. <laughs> yeah, because I because I've never really thought about that lyric. You know, then somebody bends unexpectedly, and it's just like. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, why do some territories have a king, but others don't? Is there a king of pop? Why is no one mentioning the king of pop? Uh, made me giggle. Uh, and then uh, I'd give all the sins back if Barb just started playing God Gave Rock and Roll to you like they did at the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I don't even care if it's Argent, Kiss, or even the Petra version. Uh, and as a CCM kid, that one spoke to me deeply. Um, so very nicely done, Barrett. Uh, we had a great time writing that one, and we had um, a lot of fun. 
there are just some some videos that are just super fun to write on, and that this was definitely one of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, for you it was trolls. For me, it was Saw Five. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm and fine, welcome everybody. to the definition I'm, of behind the sins. I'm okay, everybody. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my. Do- mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're um, okay we're gonna try this okay. uh, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again which is at cinemasense.com slash bts so go fill it out um, alright let's move into keeping tabs The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to talk about uh, something from the preparation process of the the Sins experience. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you kick us off? What's something, uh, what's your keeping Uh, tabs? Actually, we are going to talk a little more about Saw 5 because I clearly did an insane amount of research on Saw 5. But um, no, but the, or the Saw franchise, but I just, I just, that was the only thing I really researched this for these that came out this week. So uh, I just had a bunch of fun facts I thought were crazy. Um, all of the films have grossed collectively $976 million, by the way. And if you factor in retail sales, it's well over $1 billion. As of 2019, it's the fourth highest grossing horror franchise. Wow. Can you guess any of the three that are before it? Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, today's going to nail this, I bet. There's Jason. That's no. Friday the 13th. Jason's not even in the top 10. Oh, I mean Friday the 13th? He's yeah, not in the not, top 10? Nope. Okay, 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 okay. Just outside um, of it, but not in the top 10. I don't, I'd be, I'd be impressed if you get, well, one of them's kind of a cheat because I'll tell you this. Number one is the Conjuring universe, which is kind of a cheat. That was going to be my guess. A cheat. That's not a cheat. How is that? How is that a cheat? Well, because I, it's movie. I, I just I guess wanted they to sound like connect- I knew what I was talking about, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> but would you say like a franchise? Like, would you say the MCU is a franchise? Because I don't think it is. Oh yeah, like, not would. a not a traditional franchise. So like you Captain would consider America, you would consider Captain, Captain America, America is its Iron own Man franchise franchises. Yes. yes, that's it's an interesting distinction, and I understand it. But yes, my brain would have classified all the MCU movies as one franchise. Okay, so the Conjuring has made one point six billion. Yeah, which is nuts to me. Danae, did you have like, any other guesses before I do my guesses? No, I, now I'm stuck on. I think I think you almost said MC Moo instead of MCU, <laughs> and I'm thinking about this world. <laughs> it's like this bovine sort of like sure. alternate universe. Sure, totally. Yeah, yeah. That would so be go fun. ahead, Captain Heifer America. Uh, anyhow, uh, yes, the uh, I'm going to go with Halloween. No, Halloween is ninth. Okay, I thought the new ones uh, maybe made more than twenty million. Uh, a lot of those I, Halloween films didn't make a ton of money. Like there's, do, there's quite a few Halloween films made like twenty million. Do, do they consider the Alien movies a horror yep, franchise? Alien is number two, one point okay. three billion. Okay. Um, do they consider the Chucky doll one? <laughs> yeah, not in the top ten. Um, right outside of it. I know nothing about horror Predator? franchises. <laughs> oh no, no. Okay. Yeah, it, right. I, they might include Predator, but no, it, it's not anywhere close. Okay. Babysitters Club. 
<laughs> yes, Babysitter's Club is number three. Number three. Uh, what am I missing? I can't remember. I don't know. I think I think you kind of enjoy this one. It's based on a video game. Based on a video game, and it's the number three horror franchise. I, I swear you like. I swear you said something like you liked one of them. Or I don't know. Maybe it, that's it's very possible. Probably gonna screw you up. That's enough hints that I should know this, but I, I don't. So go ahead and tell me. It's really the only one based on a video game. I think that we can even talk. It's Resident Evil. Uh, oh 1. yeah, yeah. 2 I, no, I do like that franchise. I I would yeah. I would have considered that sci-fi action for some reason. Yeah. But you're yeah, right. And no, then, well, there's like zombies and stuff, yeah, I guess, no, so right. it's enough to include it. And then, uh, yeah, so Saul's 4, 5 is Hannibal, uh, 6 is Paranormal Activity, Jaws, oh, yeah. Final Trolls? Destination. Trolls and then on the there? Halloween is 9, and The Ring is 10. I think he said uh, uh, Jaws, Danae. Jaws, not Trolls. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, tro- Trolls would be scary. That's pretty scary. Um, there, is a th- there is a Saul theme park ride. Uh, it's at Thorpe Park in the United Kingdom. Oh, nice. It's a dark ride mostly, but at the end, it's one of those where they shoot you up and then drop you down, which I hate. And they drop you down apparently into what looks like a bunch of spinning saw blades. Um, they had mazes that were saw themed as well up until 2018. Uh, Las Vegas has a saw escape room, which I'm kind of surprised more people don't have those. Um, the first saw has the highest critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes at a whopping 49%. Um, (laughs) Saw 3D has the lowest at 10%, which I think was the seventh one. Uh, Saw 5, for the record, is 13%. Uh, Saw 5 has the lowest cinema score at a C. Um, The highest grossing domestically was Saw Saw 2 at 84 million, and uh, the lowest grossing was Saw 6 at 27 million. Um, Saw 5 was the first one to place lower than number one at the box office in its opening weekend. High Mm. School Musical 3 beat it. Nice. I am so but down it, with that. But isn't High School Musical 3 also horror? <laughs> yes, I think right. so. I think it, it's the horrors of high school musicals. Um, uh, and then the only other thing I had down, I thought was that Saw is the only film series to have its first seven films released in consecutive years because from 2004 to 2010, there was a Saw movie every Halloween. Oh. Uh, the the previous record holder was Police Academy with six. Ah, uh, yes. Another horror franchise. 1984 to 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, escape rooms. I can assure you that almost every escape room is kind of a saw-based yeah, uh, escape sure. room. Yeah, for sure. We there's... did one. We did one for a friend of ours' birthday a few months ago, and it was like, or it was, well, it was before. I guess it was like January or something because it was before all the shutdowns and stuff. And um, even though it wasn't saw, yeah, it was very much like yeah. a jigsaw. So there's killer. one in there's one in Las Vegas that is probably uh, licensed the actual. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like called Saw yeah, Escape yeah, Room yeah. or something. Uh, Danae, you want to go next? Um, sure. I kind of already mentioned these in uh, talking about Star Trek, but I looked up just to be sure that I remembered about the Klingon death ritual. I thought that was a really interesting veer from the norm, and that might be answered more if I continue to watch this, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself, and I didn't want to do too much research. I was kind of really wanting to just mm-hmm. stay inside that vein of, it doesn't seem right. Maybe they're just like a different sect of Klingon. But yeah, uh, very specifically in like the fandom pages and stuff, the ritual uh, involves opening and staring into the eye of a dying individual, then bellowing loudly at the sky. Um, the former served to observe and confirm the lack of recognition by the dying or dead, and the latter served as a warning to the dead. And then once it's complete, the body was unceremoniously discarded in whatever manner was most convenient. Without the warrior spirit, the body was considered to be only an empty shell, and it should be treated as such. So that's just such a stark difference from what we were seeing in that one. So 
of course, that gave me some confidence to continue with the with sinning that. I also looked up Kelpian just to kind of learn more about that uh, alien, as I mentioned. And then I confirmed that the person that they were calling out to on deck, they did say Wheaton. Um, although I think it was spelled on IMDb W E E T O N, mm-hmm. so obviously not Will Wheaton, but still that was fun to look up and a little shout out. Nice. Uh, I wanted to quickly mention that I did look up Wiley uh, Wile E Coyote's actual middle name. Uh, that was not a made up <laughs> name. Uh, Wile E Coyote's uh, the E does stand for Ethelbert. Um, so oh, nice. So, so while did not know that Ethelbert Coyote School of de- Delayed Gravitating Things uh, from that <laughs> sin, and then I wanted to talk just a little bit about uh, one of those moments when you're doing a sin and you realize there's some inherent irony in what's going on, and that was the uh, Whoopi Goldberg um, uh, thing in The Simpsons where. Uh, Uh, where Homer, I think, says, I was a fool to think anyone would want nude photos of Whoopi Goldberg, and then he tosses them in a hole, and the hole tosses them back as, like, a really hurtful joke, just to just be like, you know, this person is so ugly that, you know, nobody would want to see her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so originally that was just going to be my sin was going to be about, you know, how hopefully far we've come with the idea of body positivity and the idea of, you don't have to look a certain way to be beautiful, to be attractive, um, those kind of things. Um, but then, uh, realized that there was a moment that Whoopi Goldberg herself. Now it's a little bit different because she was more shaming Bella Thorne for having even taken nude pictures, but she had a moment where she was talking about, um, Bella Thorne's nude pictures being hacked and just like, you know, why did she even take these pictures in the first place? You know, kind of thing. It's her like almost victim shaming uh, that is what she was accused of in that regard. And so then I'm like, well, how do I (laughs) how do I work this into a comedy, you you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thing? And so basically I, I just said it. I just said, you know, can I do both? And then the the comedy bit was, no, not in 2020. You're not allowed to do both. There's no such thing as nuance. Um, so that's where I ended up landing with the joke. But I thought it was really interesting that this, you know, hurtful body thing was said about her. And then also at the same time, she had this other controversy where she had shamed someone else for showing their body. I just thought all that was, was really- an interesting kind of coalescence. Yeah, it was really weird, and I thought about looking up, but I just decided to go with the guy and fanfic thing. But um, it was such a specific like uh, thing to say that like I was like, was there something going on around that time with her? You know, like, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember. But regardless, it, it's not a cool thing. You know, it, it, no, there's no way good to look at it. You know, it's a terrible joke. But uh, yeah, but I but I was kind of curious. That was around the time she had won her Oscar and stuff like that. So maybe that was just. You know, people being tired of her or something. I don't know, but it was terrible. I mean, there's it no was... other way to look at that joke other than we no, think Whoopi Goldberg's no. ugly and yeah, that's hilarious. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's awful. Um, so anyways, I thought I'd, I'd talk a little bit about that just because I do find that stuff I didn't know about the Bella Thorne thing, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Because that is, I mean, that is victim shaming, right? I, yeah. That is the definition of victim shaming, yes. Absolutely. I mean, and like, because my wife will say that sometimes. She won't say that. She'll be like, you know, I just... I just wouldn't take pictures, at least not on my phone, because I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to take the chance of them getting hacked, you know. But she's never said something like she shouldn't have. Well, because, uh, you know, what you do in your house, you know, that's sure. your business. Well, and you can have a nuanced conversation about personal yeah. responsibility. And, you know, from my own perspective, here's what I would do, I wouldn't do. But when you have it in regards to a conversation that is about someone's photos getting hacked, 
Yes. You are tying it to something that can be hurtful to that person. And that's the difference, right? It's not wrong for somebody to say, hey, I would never take those pictures because I don't want that to happen. And I'm trying to be a responsible person. Mm-hmm. But when that's your response to hearing a story of something bad that's happened to someone, that's that's what makes it bad. It's very similar. Or if you're to, specifically saying you shouldn't have done that, basically, right. well, you're, you're, you're very, blaming them. Yes, but I'm I'm kind of taking like the idea that you're 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 saying something because what people will say is it's okay for me to say that thing because it's true yes but what you're saying it into what you're responding to it with is what makes it um something that you need to be aware of yeah it's very it it almost comes off it's it almost comes off too that you're giving the person that did it like a break you're basically saying well i mean they were there for them to take right i mean and and, which is stupid if you thought about that for two seconds you'd be like that's not right like what no what are we talking about it is one step away from you shouldn't have worn such a short skirt yeah yeah for sure which i was going to tell you that today aaron (laughs) look i love this skirt what can i say (laughs) i found it an interesting thing and uh i wanted to put it in the script somehow and you know hopefully it, it worked out okay um, all right, let's move on to the comment section. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to pick one singular comment uh, from the videos this week nope. and <laughs> and talk about them. Uh, uh, Danae, do you want to go first? Sure. This came from the Star Trek video. Al M says, whoa, I did not notice the zippers. Gene Roddenberry said the future would have no zippers. <laughs> and then there's this wonderful conversation um, that happens back and forth about uh, Enterprise had zippers, like a NASA suit, but the placement does seem a bit odd here. You know, so there's people kind of conversing mm-hmm. about that. And then a little bit down in the conversation comes Pygmy Warrior Entertainment, who says, I have a pair of trousers exactly like this. They're designed for wearing in the jungle where you sometimes need ventilation but can't wear shorts because of the insects and foliage. So they have a mesh weave concealed behind the zip. You don't want the zip down all the time because they tend to flap around. I could uh, see them being standard issue uniform for hot climate away missions. That said, you'd think they'd have some more advanced, something more advanced to keep you cool in the future. I thought that was a really interesting that is. I like comment that. Yeah. and that I learned something. But also, it's still completely cynical that this particular right. outfit um, has it, it, it had potentially no purpose. Yeah, in my I opinion, was, uh, I was terrified to read the comments on Star Trek Discovery, so I read none of them. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't bad. No, they weren't. They weren't bad. That's good. They weren't bad at all. That's good to hear. Uh, uh, I'll go next. Um, I had uh, I had mentioned the comment about Hollaback Girl explaining. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. So I don't need to go over that one here um, unless you want to know, Jonathan, and then I can tell you. But uh, <laughs> I had the uh, Jennifer Price comment um, that was, I want to see the family friendly spinoff film uh, from Saw hosting pilgrims in people's homes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you did have one from Saw 5. I did. I did have a comment oh, from Saw 5. I went to complete. I went specifically to Saw Five because I didn't think either one of you would take a comment from there. But I did not have that one. Uh, mine was Boss Joke said when Jigsaw told Mark that he didn't like to take credit for inferior work. I thought this was a remark on James Wan's thoughts on the Saw sequels. Nice, which I thought was very, very funny, and wish I had thought of that. That would have been great. <laughs> very nice. Uh, look at us each doing one comment. How how good are we this week? Uh, all right, <laughs> let's move on to Beyond the Sin. To infinity. 
and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. I will go first. Um, I finally got around to watching the first and second season of Pen15 on Hulu. Uh, Pen15, if you don't know... Okay, so what is this show? Yeah, I'm really curious what this show is. I've heard about it. So Pen15 is a show created and starring a couple of women, I believe in their early to mid-30s, but they play middle school versions of themselves in this show. And the actors Hmm. around them are all actual middle schoolers. And it allows them to deal with, I think, some legitimate things from their own history that they went through in that awkward stage uh, in a way that is really, really moving, but also really, really funny. Um, It is one of the best shows I've ever seen to help me understand what it must be like to be a middle school aged female. Um, and it is, uh, no topic is taboo. They deal with, you know, starting their periods. They deal with, um, their idea of what relationships, you know, meant then and like wanting to kiss boys and what that meant to them. And, um, now it is specifically in a time frame as well. They were middle schoolers in, um, around the year 2000. So, uh, so it's very much that, you know, turn of the millennium, kind of pop culture which i i thought was really interesting because i'll see a lot of the things they're listening to or shows they're talking about and i'm like yeah i remember that from this era of my life where i was like in my you know mid to late 20s um you know during that time so um i loved it and it is one of and danae knows there's danae knows there are many of these uh, but it is one of those immediate, oh, Danae has to watch this show, shows, you know? And and I hesitate saying that because that immediately means Danae was never going to watch this show. That was the first thing I thought of when Aaron explained the premise was I was like, man, if Danae was in a show, that would be like that, perfect. Yes, 100%. Like, I could totally see you doing a show like this. That like, is a huge acting. part of why I just said that, yes. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like I, such a Danae thing. Right. Well, so last week... Um, there was this moment, right, whenever Aaron's like, I watched that show you recommended, Jonathan. And Jonathan, your reaction, you're laughing. You guys have this moment back and forth. And I'm like, this is what they're missing <laughs> with recommending things to me that I never watch. We don't get to have this moment. And that was really exciting to listen to. So I've got to figure out a way to, I don't know well, the it right is, word. It is on a, I mean, it is on a streaming uh, platform that you do occasionally go on binges on. Like you are on Hulu sometimes. I know you watch Hulu shows. So, you know, yeah. maybe if you just see it and, you know, by the way, Pen15, <laughs> if you look at it on paper, looks like what? Penis. Penis. Yes. That is that is the type of. Oh, because it's one word. It's mm-hmm. not space. Correct. Yeah. So that is, you know. The kind so of humor playing, we're dealing with. What thirteen or something? Is that what they're supposed to be? Twelve and thirteen, yeah, right in that range, right in seventh grade. I they're don't know. Seventh I grade. just don't know that I want to go back to middle school trauma, but I understand the whimsy that you're talking about, like how it could it could be something that would that I would. No, dude, I hear you. I try, which this is not as much of a comedy, but I I couldn't get through eighth grade. Was like I started watching that, and I was like, I know this is good, but I'm not finishing this. Like it was just too much. <laughs> 
there school is, is traumatic, man. It, it, you know what? And and maybe that's right. And maybe you would watch one episode and go, "This I like the cringe factor is too much." Although I don't think it's cringe humor, but there's that cringiness yeah. of just being a middle schooler. You know, like that's just such a weird traumatic time. My my goal throughout my entire school quote unquote career was to get the fuck out of school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hated daughter, it there so like, much. My daughter's in fourth grade, but like last night, um, like we got her, we, uh, somebody in the neighborhood was selling a, uh, like a, like a, are they called, I can't remember what type of scooter it is, but it's like a, it almost looks like a little kid's like Vespa or something. And, uh, and so we bought that for her. And so she was like, she's on a text thread with some of her friends and she was just telling them that she got a scooter and they all called her a liar. And she sent them a video of her on it. And they said that she was at somebody else's house and was on theirs. And my wife and I both are just like, I, do, like, do we need to get on there? I mean, it's just, it's insane what kids do. And I don't know if they're just fucking with her, you know? And it's like, you, you just don't even know what, what the thought process is. And oh this is God. fourth grade. Like, I can't I'm even having, imagine what it's going to be like in a few years. I'm having flashbacks, man. Yeah. When I was in the fourth grade, it was like blood in the water. New kid at school. I was like, it, it was fucking horrible to be singled out by groups of mm-hmm. girls who would descend upon you and it i just like okay. even if it's a, right. if, even if it's funny it's just like i don't want to fucking go back there man all right all right let me let me change then i don't want you to watch this show um <laughs> <Okay>. i <laughs> no because i will tell you you have told that story many times about girls standing in a circle and just like hating on you just yeah. you know and and like that's horrible. i've never up, un- i've never understood that better than after watching this show the the way they talk about female relationships in middle school is so personal and so me like i have never been in that world and i and so i understand it better there's also an aspect of one of the women is an asian american and so there is a racial aspect to what she dealt with as well and Mm -hmm. i i it is so personal and so real to them that I am at the same time amazed that they're that they are playing these performances themselves as thirty something year old women, and that they're able to do it. That they're able to wrestle with their own like yeah. history, trauma, all that stuff. There's got to be an element of, of therapy to it. Sure, uh, like and, reclaiming your trauma. Yeah, yeah. And so well, that's I, one of the reasons that I, you know, I, I joke about things is because I kind mm-hmm. of had to lean into my humor to get through bullying and. What's interesting is like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've lost my train of thought. So, so anyhow, I guess I, uh, I take it back and I don't take it back <laughs> because you will have to process some stuff. I'm almost sure of it because the show is processing some stuff. And if sure. you don't want to process that stuff, don't watch it. Just just don't. But if you're. Well, I just feel like I've already put my work in and I kind of want to leave it behind. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. But sure. It maybe, maybe it would be something to, I don't know, maybe it'd be something to watch at some point in time and I'll be like, oh, I'm ready for that. But like right now I'm pissed. Right now I'm right. like remembering all the things that happened after that. And you will be And then like this and this um there's like a reason I became friends with guys. <laughs> like there's so much easier to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much less drama and there's so much less like I don't know. And then of course I got teased for that too. So there's just no escaping it. <laughs> so it's, I think what I love about it is that at the same time it honors how real that trauma is. And mm-hmm. also how silly it is. Like it does both things. Like that that trauma that you're dealing with is, is that they're dealing with is very real, 
but it all they are also now as adults aware at how meaningless it was you know like how in, in not in not in a personal way but in a big scheme of things way you know that that this happened or that that people said this like they're i think they're aware of that it was other children now saying this to them yeah. and that they're they're more you know there's an element of you know going through middle school is is the problem with it is that you go through it with other middle schoolers <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. so there's that element of it and i i love this show for all the reasons i've explained i do think it is the exact show danae would make uh mm -hmm. in, in like in excel at and i think there are parts of it it's probably selfish because i want to hear your take on what they're saying and is that true do you do you feel that way do you agree with well you know what i mean so there's that part right. of it too um, right. So I think I'm aware that I'm asking you to watch shows sometimes selfishly and sure. like you personally, you're probably right. It probably it might be a bad experience. I don't know. So I'm taking it back. Well, I don't know that you should take it back because I think those are <laughs> valid conversations. I feel like, you know, there's been so much time between then and now and the things that I rage about and the things that I'm pissed about right now that I'm feeling mm -hmm. is just the injustice of it all. And like how stupid it has to be that we have to go through that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. And maybe it's also because Iris is going to have to go through stuff like that too. Sure. And I really hate that for her. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. But hopefully she doesn't want to drop out. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I can give her some coping skills. Yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Uh, anyhow, pin 15, it's on Hulu. There are two seasons. The first season is 10 episodes long. The second season is seven. They are half hour episodes. It's a uh, pretty quick breezy uh, binge. So, Cool. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Mine's going to be dumb after that. <laughs> um, I read a book. Ooh, uh, I love it. No, but like, and I kind of addressed this a little bit. We were talking about Saul. It's not about Saul, but we were, I kind of addressed it when we were talking about that, that I just, I find franchises just really fascinating. Uh, just like the, the process that goes into creating like sequels and stuff like that. Like that's just a part of, I always find that interesting. But uh, so a couple years ago, this uh, Dustin McNeil and Travis Mullins, they wrote this book called taking shape, which was, which uh, covered the entire Halloween franchise. Uh, and it was really good this past week or so they released taking shape Two, And this was even more fun for me in a lot of ways, because this is about all of the unproduced uh, Halloween sequels and it is 24 <laughs> sequels that went into some form of production and then got stopped. That scripts were written for, actors were hired, and so they do all these interviews and they they detail what's going on in the scripts and stuff. And um, I just that's what I did this past week. I read that book because it's 600 pages because uh, they're talking about 24 different movies that never got made. I just find movies that never got made really interesting because you. I like to find out. I don't know if you find that interesting, Aaron, but. It's always just the development process and like why sure. they got taken out and, yeah. you know, things, all the money that's spent for something that was never made yeah. um, is just insane to me. So even if like you're not a horror movie fan or definitely or not a Halloween fan or even if you're not a horror movie fan, um, I still think if you're just a movie fan that just finds stuff like this interesting, I think you will really dig this book. Um, and I don't really have much more to say about it, but it's just, uh, but it's just, it's pretty nuts. Like the stuff that they were trying to do, like there was this whole time in the early aughts where they commissioned two scripts for a Michael Myers versus Penhead movie because they were trying to jump on the Freddy versus Jason bandwagon. And it's, it's just crazy. It's bananas. Uh, but it's called taking shape two and it's written by Dustin McNeil and, uh, Travis Mullins. So I, I believe you mean it's B A N A N A S bananas. Yes, it's bananas. <laughs> Today, what about you? 
I did not watch anything or really play much this last week. So I really don't have anything super exciting to share. But um, I did use an app this week that for those of you who do play like D&D style games for 5e, um, I just thought I would just really, really quickly mention an app that I found useful. Um, I keep it on my phone. So it's just a really simplified version. It's called 5e Companion App. It has like a white dragon circling a very colorful uh, 20-sided dice. And it's really, really simple in that you can like click on a terrain and you can kind of learn about encounters for different types of terrain. So like my characters right now are in the mountain. So I can just really quickly click on, you know, mountain and it helps me to kind of build challenge levels and stuff for fight for fighting and encounters. And as a new DM, I need help in that department. And there's a lot of websites. I've been looking at probably four or five different websites to try to figure out the simplest way to build encounters or uh, just really quick access to monster builds and things like that that have you know their stats and what they do each turn etc and there's a lot out there so you if you're starting to play Dungeons and Dragons or if you've been playing for a while this might just really be redundant but if you're new like me um, I think this one has been really helpful so again it's called 5e companion app and it's cool. free I, I I don't know if it's on both you guys know I'm on Android but that's the one that I've been uh, using to sort of help my encounters as I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons lately. You know, an an app is good when they don't don't even have to give it like a marketing name. They're just like, we're just gonna call it Five Com- E Companion App. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like it is. It's really simple. Um, and at first I was I was a little bit, uh, you know, you have to get used to what the buttons do. But they have like you click one button and it's just it's got monster stats, and then you can build combat scenarios. It has um spell information you can put character sheets into it but i don't do that we use another website when we play that has all of our character information we use DD beyond um for that but just for a super quick kind of grab and glance i've i don't know this one is one i think uh is doing a great job so very nice that's going to do it for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. Got anything to send us? Mail it to P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter at BTS is the show's Twitter. Uh, I'm at Aaron Dicer, and she is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll see you next week. Happy Halloween! Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. Red and black and shiny green. Aren't you scared? Well, that's just fine. Say it once, say it twice. Take a chance and roll the dice. Ride with the moon in the dead of night and scream, <laughs> this is Halloween. I love pens. <laughs> prep for BTS. Prep for BTS. What the hell will I talk about? Prep for BTS. Danae, so Aaron said you guys are doing a movie night now. So do you just sit there like pissed off? Yeah. That you're having to watch a movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, movie nights I literally are done. Just, I, I literally just opened my phone and started playing a game.
So really, Justin, Justin and Aaron and Jen are having a movie night. Yeah. <laughs> I had the craziest dream last night that I was mad at Lauren Daigle for shaving <laughs> half of my head. It's amazing. Is that a friend of yours? Um, no, she's just she's someone kinda. that I, I've no, Aaron. I mean, kind of. She knows you. Aaron if likes, you walked Aaron into a room like, with Lauren, she would know you. She would know me if yes. I walked in the room. I yes. don't think that constitutes friendship. Okay, fair enough. Do you wake up mad at people? Like, if you have a bad dream about Justin, do you wake up mad at him? No, but he likes to play that up. So he'll say, like, I'm so sorry for what happened last night. And I'm like, please don't be mad at me. Please don't be mad at me. And I'm not. I'm not. It's just really, really intense because I have really vivid, intense dreams. They're very realistic. My wife had a dream. I was, like, like having, like, an affair with, like, one of our neighbors. And she was, like, she was, like, she was, like, I'm not mad at you, but... It was weird. <laughs> it is weird. Well, I have I have really intense dreams where like I get so mad at my husband and then I'll wake up and I'll say, I think I just have some some stuff I need to work out with you like in real life because I was real, real mad at you in my dreams. <laughs> it happens, right? We can't help it. We're hum- we're just human enough that we know it's we know it's nobody's fault, but at the same time, the emotions are real. They are real emotions, and you have to process them. You have to yeah, deal with them. Me, me having an affair is ridiculous. I'm way too lazy. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're trying to get Iris into like some sort of natural rhythm for wanting to clean. Like n- instead of because I was always forced to do it when I was younger, and then I put up a fight, and then my mom was like, "I don't have energy for this, so I don't even care what you do anymore." Yeah, I've been and so I'm like, all right, how am I going to do this with Iris? And and so she'll be looking for something, and I'll say, this is probably why we should put our toys away in the same spot every day, so we always know where things are, and that way she can start to think about how she would prefer that over trying to find things. And I'm hoping that that turns yeah. into a, a desire because there are some things where she knows exactly where they are, but it's because I put them back mm-hmm. and so we do a little bit of a cleaning up uh, at least twice a week so it's hard though because you know that forethought that thinking ahead part of the brain just doesn't function well when well, especially you're, at her age sure yeah when you're three you'd so teaching forethought to a three-year-old is it's not impossible it's just not priority i guess now imagine that the thing that's left out has four possible culprits in none of which have to admit that it was them. Oh man! <laughs> One of the male dogs we had was eighteen. Whoa! He was a he was a a, a great Pyrenees uh, a lab mix. He had a lab body, but he had a great Pyrenees face. Yeah. Wow. That he had a, a really bad arthritis, but he just but he just refused to go. Like oh he would have like God. a really bad day, and then the next day he'd be fine. He's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> like he was just. My body looks like it was built in a lab, so sometimes people say I have a lab body, but uh And a snoot too. <laughs> and a snoot. <laughs> and a snoot. I did something real dumb and I said something I thought was funny, sort of more to myself than to her, but she heard me. Cause when she said, What do shirts eat? I said people. <laughs> <laughs> because it was kinda like on us and I'm uh-huh. like, nom nom nom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, What did they eat? And I'm like, uh, they don't eat anything. <laughs> Um, there was something really sweet she said that I wanted to tell you guys. Um, we were driving back from the pumpkin patch and she's just kind of looking out the window and she just talked about all the things she liked. She recounted, you know, the Mm -hmm. hayride and jumping on the big, uh, they had like a little parachute jump type thing going down the slides. She got to hold some cats and pet 
farm animals and she's just kind of going through all this stuff and she stopped talking and she looked out the window and she goes, mama, can you do me a favor? And I said, it depends on the favor, but sure, I can try. What is it? And she said, can you bring down the sky so I can touch the clouds? <laughs> like, that is so cute. How are you so cute? That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I can't actually make words, though. I can only make the duck sound. Hey, have we had this conversation and then I've tried to do my Donald Duck? Have I ever tried to do my Donald Duck on the show? Oh, my God. I cannot remember how this goes, but I I remember us doing this, but I cannot remember the sound. This is going to be fantastic. Okay. No, I have not. I don't think I've heard this. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's good. Well, it's like if he was like, if like Donald Duck was like on like a hangover, had like a hangover. That's like a murder duck. <laughs> So I was listening to BTS yesterday because I told, like I said, I totally missed reviewing it. So I'm listening to it and I was reading, I think it was Jeremy's notes that was like, this movie is stupid, stupid, mm-hmm. stupid, stupid. Iris happened to be listening at that exact moment and stupid's a word we're not supposed to use in the house. And she goes, oh, mom. Like she was on it. She's like, Mom, we don't say that word. And you said it three times. You said stupid, stupid, stupid. That's oh, just really wait, naughty. You sweet summer child. Yeah. What she didn't hear was I had just dropped, you know, shit, fuck, damn, hell, like all this stuff beforehand. And I'm like, oh, man, this is. Are you guys gotta... good about not cursing around her? I mean, yeah, we're great about it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a weekly look at everything going on. Oh, hey, Aaron, I was making a noise whenever you did that. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I was making a noise. But it's okay, because we have different tracks, and I can just delete your noise. Shit. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Deleted. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you you can't make a noise (laughs) that distracts me and makes me laugh. There's there's Uh, lines somewhere. <laughs> I'm just testing your fortitude, man. Thank you. Uh, I am fully <laughs> fortified this morning. Uh, let's, let's try one more time, shall we? Very nice. Well, that's going to do it for behind the scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're your for Friday Kipper. And we'll see you next week. Did I get it? exe is experiencing issues. I think I just had a stroke. You can also hang out with us on Twitter at Donald? (laughs) Donald, is that you? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 